0: Welcome to the latest edition of the Maritime Podcast. You're listening to Marcus Hand, editor of SeaTrain Maritime News. In this first episode of the Maritime Minute series for 2022, we'll be taking you on a short journey through some of the most significant and interesting stories in the world of maritime that happened during the month of January. The year started with what only can be described as a sense of déjà vu, with concerns over a Covid-19 outbreak at China's Ningbo-Zhoshan port, with the first confirmed case on the 1st of January. The outbreak was in the Beilun industrial district, neighbouring three of the port's container terminals, and resulted in restricted road access and fears of a repeat of terminal closures seen in both Ningbo-Zhoshan and Yantian last year, as China continues with its Zero-Covid policy. Fortunately, the cases did not spread to the port itself, and the shipping industry was spared the impact of temporary closures. The start of the year is always a time for stories about the biggest and the best, and the start of 2022 was to see a rare change in the world's largest container line, a title long held by Denmark's Maersk line. In a change that had been expected for some time, Mediterranean Shipping Company, MSC, was to take the crown in the first week of the year. Figures from analyst Alphaliner showed MSC edging ahead of Maersk for the first time by 1,888 TEU. According to the analyst, MSC has 645 ships with a combined capacity of 4,284,728 TEU. This compared to Maersk with 738 ships with a combined capacity of 4,282,840 TEU, with both lines holding a 17% share of the global container market. In case you missed it, the first week of the year also featured the Maritime Podcast 2022 Outlook episode, featuring 10 guests from the In Conversation series in 2021, talking about what they see as the key issues for shipping in Maritime, in 2022. The episode kicks off with Toll Group Managing Director Thomas Knudsen talking about the supply chain.
1: Whilst I'm sure that areas such as sustainability, digital disruption, COVID, geopolitical tensions and so forth will be really important areas to watch in 2022, I still think that the focus for next year will be on disruptions and bottlenecks in supply chain. Whether it's the arrival or emergence of Omicron and the impact that will have on ports, airports, truck drivers, distribution centers, logistics hub, and so forth, or whether it's the impact of Brexit in the U.K., potential labor issues on the U.S. West Coast because of discussions with unions or whether it's simply the continuation of the bottlenecks that we're seeing today with ships waiting outside Long Beach and other ports on the West Coast or for that sake, across Asia. My view is that that will continue to impact supply chains. And initially I thought that would probably continue for at least the first quarter. I see that now lasting much longer. And if it stays until the middle of next year, which I believe, then that is clear to move into the peak season. And therefore my prediction for 2022 is that we will see the current situation very much being the status quo for all of next year.
0: You can listen to the rest of the episode of the Maritime Podcast, Outlook 2022 on the platform of your choice. In the second week of January, we saw an interesting move in the ship management sector with the revival of the Barber brand. Wilhelmsen Ship Management (WSM) gave its ambitions to regrow its tanker business a kickstart with the acquisition of an 80% stake in Orenkiel tankers from MPC Capital Group. This acquisition is a clear statement of our intent to expand in the tanker segment, said Carl Hsu, Chief Executive Officer and President of WSM. It also sees the company bringing back the Barber Ship Management brand for its tanker business, the original name of WSM, when it started out business in Hong Kong in 1976. Meanwhile, South Korea's attempt to create the world's largest shipbuilder, with the merger of Hyundai Heavy Industries and Daewoo Shipbuilding and Marine Engineering fell foul of the European Commission. The EC blocked the merger, saying the combined company would have a dominant position in large LNG carrier construction, leaving fewer large LNG carrier builders and bringing higher prices for the vessels. Looking to container shipping, and for the top three MSC, Maersk, and CMA CGM, a focus on logistics has emerged as they look to reinvest their tens of billions of profits from 2021. These are numbers we will be returning to later in this episode. However, the logistics strategy may not suit all lines, as attendees at the Singapore Maritime Foundation's New Year Conversations 2022 were told by a panel. One line not planning to go down the logistics acquisition route is Ocean Network Express, and Chief Executive Officer Jeremy Nixon said,
2: Obviously, some very large carriers, the top three now in the liner industry, which make up some 45% of global market share on the liner side, start to invest even more on the land side, but also into the 3PL and even into integrated strategies. And, you know, I think we'll all be watching very, very closely on that. And obviously that's driven by getting closer to the customer, trying to offer a pure end-to-end solution. It may be driven also by the fact that their balance sheets are quite good at the moment, and therefore they have some quite good funds to explore into new sectors. But as O&E, I still think we're... It's quite an early stage in our development. Uh, We're quite humble. We're just a a point-to-point container operator. And until we do that very, very well and have fully invested in our our fleet and our digital solutions and our terminal requirements, I think we'll be keeping out of that sector and leaving it to the big boys to get on with and also to many of our clients who are also 3PL and forwarders.
0: If you're enjoying this podcast please make sure to subscribe on the app of your choice to ensure you never miss an episode of the maritime podcast moving into the third week of january and we looked at the question of the tanker market recovery while 2021 was a stellar year for container shipping and the best in dry bulk in a decade for the tanker sector it was frankly horrible Brokers Gibson said a geopolitical black swan event this year could supercharge the moribund tanker market. Just as a trade dispute between Australia and China impacted dry bulk trades, the risk of a major confrontation between Russia, Europe and the US could completely redefine oil trade. Assessing the impact of a possible oil embargo on Russia is a near impossible task, but undoubtedly global oil trade and prices would be severely impacted, Gibsons commented. Meanwhile, Sea Trade Maritime News explored the impact of China's strict COVID policies and the demand for Chinese national seafarers. With it not possible to crew new buildings, sailing away from Chinese shipyards with international seafarers, wage rates for Chinese crew have as much as trebled, according to industry executives. Repatriating the Chinese seafarers at the end of their contract has turned into a nightmare. They have to quarantine for two, often three weeks abroad before leaving the vessel prior to flying back to China. However, many countries only allow for a maximum of 72 hours from when the seafarer disembarks the vessel to boarding a flight for repatriation. And once finally back in China, the crew will face another two or three weeks quarantine depending on which province they are from. Moving into the fourth week of January, and the mega profits of container lines were back in focus, Analyst Drury upped their ABIT forecast for the sector as a whole for 2021 from $150 billion to a staggering $190 billion, following a $70.9 billion ABIT for Q3 alone last year. Simon Heaney, Senior Manager of Container Research for Drury commented, We think Q3 2021 probably represents the peak quarterly earnings for carriers, but that quarterly results in 2022 will stay on a more even keel, and that will average out slightly higher. That means even higher profits in the coming year, with Drury's ABIT estimate for container shipping in 2022 standing at some 200 billion, some 10 billion higher than 2021, with a margin of 37%. In the last story we are highlighting for January, the debate over LNG as a fuel versus a move straight into nascent zero-carbon fuels continues to become ever more heated. Falling very much into the pro-LNG camp while continuing to explore future options is one of the world's largest charterers, BHP. Speaking at a DNV webinar, Rashpal Singh Bharti, BHP's Vice President Maritime and Supply Chain Excellence, stated Only 30% of the order book today
3: is LNG. LNG. Now, isn't that quite telling? We know we have a fuel Mm -hmm. that delivers a 30 to 40% abatement. Mm -hmm. We know that from a cost perspective, we can match or beat VLSFO, yet VLSFO vessels are still being ordered. So that tells you that from a mindset point of view, there are those people that are waiting for the silver bullet. Our view is that you don't look past good to wait for perfection and lng is a good solution that's Mm -hmm. here today and 30 to 40 percent is not a number that you can look past Mm -hmm. so i don't think we should be lethargic i don't think we should be complacent and i think we have to take the bull by the horns and understand we're moving from a homogeneous world Mm -hmm. to a heterogeneous world Mm -hmm. none of us here know what that solution is going to look like Mm -hmm. we're going to have to expand our views before we converge them, but we must all expand our views first, take a very broad view to decarbonisation before we start
0: converging back. BHP's first long-term chartered LNG-fueled Newcastle Max Bolker is set to arrive in Singapore on the 7th of February. And that's all we have time for on this episode of Maritime in Minutes from the Maritime Podcast. To learn more about the stories mentioned in this episode, visit ctrade-maritime.com and sign up for our newsletter. Thank you for listening.